You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you are not an authorised financial advisor, you may find the content of this podcast difficult to follow as it assumes you have the necessary training and qualifications to understand the concepts discussed. You should also be aware the information contained in this podcast is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Hello and welcome to First Tech's latest news podcast, where we look at all the latest news and regulatory developments impacting advisors for the month of September. My name is Craig Day, head of the First Tech team, and joining me today is I've got three people. I've got Sina Heng, one of my senior technical services analysts. Hey, Sina. Hi, Craig. Uh, Julie Fox, one of my senior technical services hey, managers. Hey, Craig. Hey, and. Kim Guest. G'day, Kim. I you forgot my name. Hi, Craig. How are you? No, I didn't forget <laughs> your name. How would I forget your name? I didn't introduce you as a senior technical services manager, though. So there you go. Okay. You've got your title in there <laughs> Thank as well. You. Oh, okay. So it's been a big news, big couple of weeks in, in international news. So, and it's actually impacting upon us, right? So we've, we've had the Queen's passing. Uh, and that's actually impacted Parliament, which, oh, how does the Queen oversees? But she is our head of state, obviously, uh, and so that has an impact on Parliament. So, Julie, what's been the impact there? Yep, so there was an official mourning period, so, and obviously we saw um, Albanese over in London at the funeral. So four of the sitting days in September had to be rescheduled to later in the month, and that's going to mm-hmm. be or will be Friday the 23rd, and the 26th to the 28th of September. Um, So following that sitting, the next sitting that was scheduled for Parliament is going ahead as normal. That's on the 25th of October when the government is scheduled to hand down their first federal budget. So that's an out-of-cycle budget, isn't it? So we normally have budgets in May, um, but the federal government this time being elected, we're in unprecedented kind of times with lots of, you know, COVID relief measures, etc. So we're having two budgets in one year. Oh, goody, aren't we lucky? Yep, looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, hmm, staying up all night twice in one year. Um, so what can we expect as the Treasurer? You know, normally in the lead-up they, they kind of put out some hints. Um, have we got any indication of what we can Well, expect? a little bit. Uh, we never have a crystal ball on these things, but um, Jim Chalmers, the new Treasurer, addressed uh, a supergroup in tandem with the AFR in late August, and he identified seven areas of concern that the government has with super, and that possibly gives us some insight into the proposals that might come up uh, in budget. All right, so obviously expressing... <laughs> What was it? Seven areas of concern. What were they? Yeah, well, the the two probably most interesting ones for planners are uh, their movements on your super, your future reforms. Uh, the government wants to make sure that the reforms are reviewed and working well. Um, so importantly, that includes a review of the performance test before it's expanded beyond the My Super default products. So we already knew about that deferral for the trustee directed products. Um, so that's one of the items that he pinpointed. And also mm-hmm. he seemed very interested in getting feedback around investment areas for housing and energy and what can be done there in regards to superannuation. So he did go, the Treasurer did go uh, as far as um, saying that 
they don't want to direct funds into asset classes, but he did want to know what more the government could do for funding and financing the green energy transition and how to better respond to the shortage of housing. So it'll be interesting to see what potential incentives are put in place there if they're not looking at specific directions for investments. Yeah, well, that, that will be interesting. Um, and so what were some of the other things? Um, some of the other things that he, he didn't spend so much time on, he identified non-payment and non-compliance of, of SG as a problem. Now, that's that's been a, a long-going issue, I think. Um, so he's planning a compliance reform package to address that. Um, mm. The government also wants to encourage more retirement income products, and we've we've known that for quite some time too. And uh, they want to investigate whether super funds need to play a further role in funding aged care. So that could be an interesting one with all of the other developments that are happening uh, with aged care at the moment. We might see something interesting there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think what did we said there was a, a big piece in the. The Herald, I think, or Australian Financial Review, where Keating and Bill Kelty, you know, the, the fathers of superannuation, they describe themselves as, um, were certainly looking at actually giving up on the increase in SG to, to 15% and then looking at how, you know, other assets could be used to fund aged care. I think they're looking at the, the family home or something along those lines. So interesting that that's kind of all happening there. What, what else did they talk about? I think there's something about paid parental. Yeah, yeah. Um, they want to plan um, to fund SG on paid parental leave. Um, however, the Treasurer did qualify that um, that wouldn't happen until the budget circumstances permit, which is a little bit open-ended. Right. Yeah, right. And given, I think I heard this morning, something like a, a trillion dollar interest bill or something along those lines or deficit or something like that. So that you can imagine that's going to be some time off. Um, however, I, you know, that, that interesting, you know, it's just a, an off-the-cuff statement that Chum has made about further innovation in retirement income products. Um, you know, in the context of the whole retirement covenant and requiring trustees to help, you know, their members into retirement income streams and all that sort of stuff. So that might actually be you know, a kind of interesting area and development into the future for, for advisors or an opportunity for advisors. Um, you know, we did see those 2017 kind of changes, but, you know, didn't see that wasn't a huge expansion in terms of the, the types of retirement income streams that we've got available. So there could be some interesting developments there for advisors over the, over the next period. Um, now, Thanks, Julie. Let's now move on to Centrelink and specifically indexation of Centrelink and aged care rates uh, for the 20 September. Okay, so Kim, can you take us through what's actually happened here? Yeah, sure, Craig. Um, so um, normally the rates of pension and allowance are indexed on 20 March and 20 September each year. So we've had um, an increase on the 20th of September. And the maximum single rate of pension, of age pension, has um, finally got over the $1,000 per fortnight mark for a single person. So it's now $1,026.50 per fortnight for a single person. Um, and the combined couple rate of age pension has also increased to $1,547.60. Well, so minimum rate for a single over $26,000 a year? Maximum rate. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So yeah, they're that's getting right. over 26 grand a year now. So it's kind of nice mm. and easy to remember that it's just over a thousand bucks a fortnight. Mm. Um, and it's interesting when we look at that indexation because, you know, the age pension's got that 
indexation where they look at um, inflation and they look at CPI and they also look at this other basket of goods that's based on, it's called PBLCI and it's what a pensioner would spend their money on. And they also look at wage growth and whatever's the greatest is what they kind of um, index the pension by. And this time around, it was actually CPI that was the greatest. So um, CPI rose by 4% um, and they in increased the rate of age pension by 4% as a result. God, if it wasn't CPI, <laughs> I would have been rather surprised. Yeah, wage growth hasn't um, hasn't exceeded inflation at the moment. Um, and that 4% indexation also applied to job seeker payments. So it went up by 4% and the maximum rate for a single person is now $677.20 per fortnight. Um, and of course, because those maximum rates of pension and allowance have gone up, that also means that the upper thresholds for the income test and the asset test cutoffs have also increased. Um, and so if anyone needs to know what all those numbers are, um, they can have a look at um, the First Tech app if they've got that, or we've got some quick reference guides on the First Tech site. Okay. Now, 20 September also sees a change to aged care fees and thresholds. So what's happened there? Yeah, so a number of rates and thresholds were indexed, but perhaps the most interesting one was the increase in the maximum permissible interest rate. So um, that's the interest rate that's set by the government and it um, is locked in at the client's date of entry into residential aged care. And that interest rate is going from 5% up to 6.31% um, for everybody who enters after the 1st of October this year. So that's quite a big increase. Yeah, wow, 1.31%. So Obviously, that's going to have an impact. What? How's that going to flow yeah, through? Yeah, it's really interesting the way it works, actually. So if you have people who are entering aged care and um, they're not government supported, in other words, they've got to pay an accommodation payment to enter aged care and um, and because their means-tested amount is above a threshold and they choose to pay that accommodation payment as daily accommodation payments or DAP, this increase in the interest rate will actually mean they have to pay higher DAP payments. So for those people, you know, if they were looking at entering aged care right now, if they um, were able to enter just before the 1st of October um, rather than after the 1st of October, they may actually save a bit of money by paying lower DAP payments if that's how they were choosing to pay their payment. But then on the flip side, if you have clients who are entering aged care and they are low means residents, so that means their means tested amount is below a certain threshold. And for these people, they don't pay um, an accommodation payment. They pay this other thing called an accommodation contribution. Strangely enough, um, if they choose to pay that accommodation contribution as a lump sum, um, the increase in this interest rate up to 6.31% actually means they have to pay a higher lump sum. Um, sorry, a lower, lower lump sum, <laughs> lower yeah, yeah. lump sum. So for their, those people, they may actually be better off waiting until after the 1st of October to enter so that that lump sum they have to pay is actually reduced because of the, the interest rate change. So, yeah, I suppose there's going to be winners and losers there depending on when you go in. Obviously, but you know, in a lot of circumstances, people don't have a lot of choice when they when no. they enter into aged care. There's, there's a lot of other circumstances. Yeah, that's on. right. Okay, thanks for that, Kim. Okay, so let's now move on to some more Centrelink news. So, I think it was in early September the government announced it's proposing to increase the work bonus, and I think this came off the back of the uh, the jobs summit. Now, Sina, can you explain what they've uh, proposed with this increase? Thanks, Craig. Well. Firstly, the government, they've 
made this proposal so that they can increase the supply of labour to help meet uh, the current shortages at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they consider that this is an important measure to ensure that older Australians will have the option to either be able to work in short stints or over the course of this year without losing access to their pension or benefits. Okay, so do you want to outline how the work bonus currently works? Mm-hmm. Well, the whole aim of the work bonus is it's really an incentive to help keep pensioners um, in the workforce as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Under the current rules, it allows uh, pensioners to earn up to $300 uh, per fortnight from employment before their pension rate is impacted now. To qualify for the work bonus, uh, the person must be either must also be over age pension age. Mm-hmm. They must be receiving a pension such as the age pension, the carer payment, the disability support pension or the DVA service pension and they must have income from employment or self-employment. So if they earn um, passive income such as interest, then they won't qualify. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't use all of the $300 work bonus in a fortnight, then um they can accrue any unused amounts in an income concession bank uh, up to a maximum of $7,800. Okay, can you give us an example of how that may work? Yep, sure. Yep. So, for example, if a pensioner has an employment income of $200 per fortnight, then Services Australia will apply $200 of the work bonus and that income will not count towards the income test. The remaining $100 of the work bonus that is not used will go towards their income concession bank, which can be used to offset future employment income or self-employment income. And that bank, I think, it can be built up to a maximum of $7,800? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell me about what these proposed changes to the work bonus are going to be? Yep. The government is proposing a $4,000 temporary once-off increase in the work bonus income concession bank. Um, It means that the amount of pensioners uh, can earn before their rate of pension is impacted. It will increase from $7,800 to $11,800. Wow. Yeah, that's great. It is, yeah. And it's expected to uh, apply from December 2022. However, it must be used up by the 30th of June 2023. Oh, right. So if you don't Mm -hmm. use it, you lose it. Yes, pretty much, okay. yes, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. yep. So by increasing the lump sum in their income bank rather than the fortnightly work bonus amount, it will provide pensioners more flexibility on how they can use uh, the work bonus. All right, so obviously, once again, give us an example. Yep, so an example would be uh, if a pensioner had accrued $7,800 in December and uh they get another $4,000 during that period. That means that their income concession bank will be $11,800 and um, they would be able to use that amount to offset any employment income. So this flexibility means that, uh, for example, they could work full-time for two months earning about $3,000 a fortnight without impacting their age pension. Wow. 
Wow, that, that's that's very big, isn't it? So hopefully, obviously, a lot of age pensioners are going to say, "No, thanks, I don't want to go back to work." <laughs> um, but but where you do have people utilising the work bonus currently, and and they want to and are capable of doing more work, but they uh, are fearful about the impact it has on their age pension. It just gives them more flexibility. So that's a great outcome. Okay. In addition to the increase in the work bonus, they've also announced a couple of other changes, haven't they? What were those? Yeah, they did, Craig. So they um, are proposing to suspend the pension payments for up to two years rather, rather than the current 12 weeks period if employment income causes pensioners to exceed the income test limit. So this proposal is aimed at ensuring that pensioners, they don't have to reapply for payments for up to two years if their income exceeds uh, the current uh, income limits. Okay, can you actually just clarify what that actually means? That actually means that for that two-year period, they won't need to go through the whole um, application process again in order to apply for the age pension if their employment income falls below the, the income test limits. All right. So making, it, so making it easier for those pension payments to click back on rather than having to go through the whole pension age pension application yes, process again. Yes, that's right. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. And I think they also – did they make some – announcements in relation to pensioner concession cards and things like that? They did, yep. So they also announced that uh, these pensioners will be able to retain access to their pensioner concession cards and the associated benefits during this two-year suspension period. Okay, well, that's great news. That I think that kind of finishes up for us. We've been through a lot of stuff there. So there's obviously some changes to parliamentary sitting dates. We've got the upcoming federal budget. We don't have a crystal ball, but there are maybe some changes there that they make, may make around superannuation. Um, and we've also seen some important changes to aged care and social security thresholds, as well as this uh, change or proposed change to the work bonus. So if you've got any questions, further questions about what we've discussed, give us a call on the First Tech team. Other than that, I'd say a big thanks to you guys. So thanks, Julie. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, thanks Tina. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. And thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please note these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors as a source of general information. All scenarios considered during the podcast were purely hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. You should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decisions and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be accurate and reliable, no person including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited and Advantius Investments Limited accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.